All right, I'm being unorthodox today. I've decided I'm wearing a hat. I'm wearing a hat that doesn't fit with my suit. And if you don't like it, well, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> so anyway, I'm excited for today. It's, it's the Sunday before family camp. And man, I'm excited for the guys that are coming out. I'm excited for the brethren who are going to be there. And I'm excited that Matt Keichel is going to preach that we need to be liberals. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you, were you there last year? No, yeah, I remember. Okay, well, he's, he's doing liberals part two. And so, man, you got to get excited about that, right? Right. Uh, I, I was cooking at the time, so we had to listen to it later in the week. But I remember the, oh, amazement and the awe of everybody. Well, I think it was awful at first, the, the response, but then it became awe-filled. So anyway, yeah, we're excited about that. I'm really excited. And there's a couple other, there's a couple other activities that need to be taken care of. So I'm going to pass that around one more time. And then if it doesn't get filled, I told Melissa I'm going to call all of our visitors and say, guess what? You get to clean the bathhouse <laughs> or something. You're laughing, aren't you, Liberty? <laughs> Oh, and uh, April's coming up faster than you know. You're saying, really? Do you realize there are almost two months of, of 2024 has gone by? Wow, that's just like crazy. So anyway, I want to pass this back too. So cleaning this house, uh, if you want to put down your, your name, your family's name there on, on a Friday of a week, that would be great. And then I'm going to be calling people for this coming uh, the last week in March, we don't have somebody, so I'll just reach out to some folks and say, hey, guess what? We need some help. All right. Uh, other announcements, I think, that are super important. Oh, my God. I have so many things up here I want to get done in the time we have. So, uh, potluck tonight is not at the Kirkpatrick's. The Kirkpatrick's got a bug. Stay back there, Scott. Don't breathe. <laughs> So anyway, uh, it's going to be in the conference house tonight, and bring all the foodies that want to come out. It's great. Faithfuls come out. It'll be great. And uh, bring bring your favorite dish. And uh, five thirty is when we're going to start, and then six thirty is when when uh, we're going to begin with the evening assembly, like we normally do. And uh, as you know, Oregon Family Camp is coming up. You want to get there uh, five thirty, six thirty, if you're going to need to stow your stuff. Uh, preaching starts at uh, seven. And so it's going to be great. We have a couple folks from out of town preaching at 7. So you want to really be there to support them. And uh, it'll be a great time. How many of you know uh, Tanya, I almost said Viegas. Okay. Tanya Nagy's, uh, not Nagy, wow. Thank you. Tanya Johnson's dad, Dennis Nagy. How many know him? Uh, he did a sermon back, back east and I heard it and I went, oh my goodness. You know, I don't get choked up about stuff very often. I mean, hey, knock that off. Anyway, anyway, I don't get choked about stuff very often. Anyway, now I'm telling you what, his sermon, I was blubbering, and it's a men's camp, man. <laughs> Everybody's going, oh. it wasn't just me. So, uh, but it's a powerful sermon, and it'll be great. I know you'll love it. So, anyway, I think he's starting out the session, as a matter of fact, but. Okay, Oregon Family Camp coming up this Friday, 7 o'clock. And we need to sing happy birthday to Scott Kirkpatrick. I'm glad you came sick so we could sing to you happy birthday. It's awesome. And 
Julie Drillinger, Julie Drillinger, Julie Drillinger, where are you? Julie, come out here. Come on, Julie. Oh, and Kirk. Kirk. Uh, Julie and Kirk. That's great. And Scott. It's awesome. Anybody else trying to hide from the, the all awesome eye of God? Okay, here we go. We're singing. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. That's great. Oh, grab your songbooks really quick. Grab your songbooks and turn to 310. Read 310. We're going to sing that in just a second. But I got one purple slip, and it's a phenomenal purple slip. Hey, when you only got one, you want to make it big. And so this is a big one. Eric Johnson. That was amazing and encouraging meditation. And I was thinking the same thing, but Melissa beat me to the punch or the pen. So anyway, would you mind giving that to Eric? Because I don't want him to feel like I'm going to hang on to it and not give it to him. Because that would probably happen, actually. So there you go. Let's give it up for Eric. So your your uh, uh, illustration of that oak was fantastic. When they get bigger, though, it's like when you get old, you kind of like don't recover as quickly. So, <laughs> yes, Sharon. If you have some that you could share, because we may we may need more. We have some that we bought last year, but we'll use those first, and then if uh, if you can step up, if we need a few more for folks coming out of town. When you're flying on an airplane, can you imagine people getting on an airplane with a sleeping bag and a pillow and their luggage? It just doesn't work very well. So anyway, there you go. Thank you. Appreciate that. Any other announcements before we start? March calendars are out there. Thank you very much. Thank you. March calendars. Any others? All right. Why am I wearing this hat? Because it's cool. It's cool. It's a cool hat. And the only cool people wear this kind of cool hat. Sorry. You know what it says? It says, this is a math equation. H-E is greater than I. He is greater than I. You know, he's greater than you. And you know the message this morning is? You're not getting to heaven because you're something special. That's a terrible message. <laughs> now, we all are uniquely designed by God, so we are infinitely valuable. But that's not why we're getting to heaven. We're getting to heaven because of what Jesus Christ did for us. That's why you're getting to heaven. That's why I'm getting to heaven. Now, are we called to greatness? Well, I'm telling you what, that sermon, or it was a sermon by Jeff this morning was phenomenal. It's by his glory manifest in us. That's because of what he did. So that's why my hat, he is greater than I. By the way, I got a sticker for my, my bad boy pick him up truck that's got that on it too. So you know what? There you go. We got her dialed in. But I want you to turn to number 310. 310 in the songbook. And while you're doing that, 
if you get done early, because some of us are quicker than others, to turn to Hebrews in chapter 10. 310 in the Blue Song book, and Hebrews chapter 10 in your big black Bible, or whatever color it is. All right? Hebrews chapter 10. I want you to sing with me this song. We're going to do a cappella. It's not that I don't love your playing. I do. And uh, you make us sound a lot better. It's true. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. I said amen. That's what I'm saying. So anyway, so solid rock. Why? Look at the title of my lesson this morning. Our hope is built on nothing less than what? You know it, don't you? than the blood of Christ and the righteousness of Christ. Amen? You know what? That is an absolutely biblical song. Every phrase is an, or every, whatever they're called, stanzas, lines, I don't know, they're all biblically correct. I love this song. Powerful song. And we're going to preach on it this morning. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood, support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh may I then in him be found. Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. It's by his blood and his righteousness that we stand in his grace right now as his children. It's by his blood and by his righteousness that we will stand before King Jesus and he will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. Brethren, we need to recognize and understand that there are times when we slip up and we fall short. And as we continue to grow into maturity, sometimes we still get tripped up by the devil. And so it's, a, it's important for us to understand that yes, we can live a holy and blameless life because he did. But brethren, we are constantly under his grace. And if we sin, not when, but if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. 
He's the one that's standing as a mediator in our stead. And it's because of him and only him that you and I will stand in his presence. Now, knowing that our salvation is secure, as again was shared, and I'm not sure, I think it was maybe by, by Eric, that grace, <coughs> grace is not a license to sin. Grace is the power to grow. The power to grow and become those who are the mirror image in character of Christ Jesus the Lord. So that our lives will be glorifying to him and draw all men unto him. Now, brethren, let's jump right in. Hebrews chapter 10. By the blood and by the righteousness of Jesus Christ, we will stand perfect and complete, blameless before him. Verse 19. Therefore, brethren, based upon what was just said about Jesus, our great high priest and his sacrifice, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. The holy place is heaven by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil. That is his flesh, his flesh which was perfectly righteous. He was perfectly righteous and he gave us that righteousness when we are immersed into Christ. He says, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance, full assurance, absolute trust and confidence of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. 23, once again, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Let's pray. Lord, help us this morning to understand that it's because of your blood, the sacrifice on the cross, and you being ever present as our high priest, willing to intercede for us, willing to forgive us if we fall short. Father, how I praise you and thank you for the sacrifice, the sacrificial blood of the Lamb. And Father, also too, it's because of your righteousness, the spirit of your Son, Jesus Christ, as we walk by faith and not by sight, empower us, empowers us to live just like him. The devil wants to discourage us. The devil wants to deceive us. The devil wants to destroy us. But Father, we are overwhelmingly conquerors through him who loved us, Jesus Christ, through his blood and his righteous life. We praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Point number one, what's the confession of our hope? What's the confession of our hope? It could be our confession of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 18, you know this one very, very well. Jesus says, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, we, John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then listen to this. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, upon this bedrock truth, that I'm the Christ, the Son of God, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against this great and glorious church. Now, brethren, you've heard that a million times. And if not, we'll have to preach another million and a half sermons. But the reality is, is that it's because of who Jesus is. And it's because of what Jesus has done that we will stand before the judge of the universe 
and we'll be granted life eternal in heaven with him. In fact, you already are living eternal life if you are immersed into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the Holy Spirit in obedience to the gospel, having been crucified, buried, and raised with him that you might walk in the newness of life. Brethren, how important it is then we understand that when we say Jesus is the Christ, when we say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, you're absolutely making a very important confession of who he is and who you're not. He is greater than I. I don't know all things. He's the prophet. He knows all things, and he'll share you exactly how to live your life so you are richly blessed. You're having problems at work, having problems with the kids, you're having problems with your parents, having problems in your marriage, having problems with brothers and sisters of Christ. Everything that we need for life and godliness is found in the true knowledge of Him. If you don't go search the scriptures and then you're not willing to apply those things, that's on you. He's already done it all. We need to look to Him as the great prophet who teaches us exactly how to live our lives. He speaks exactly as God the Father wants you and I to live. Will we listen? That's the question. But when you say he's the Christ, it's not just that he's the prophet, the one who teaches all things on how to live your life. But more importantly, I believe, he's the high priest. And what did the high priest do in the Old Testament? He would go into the Holy of Holies and offer blood not his own. The blood of a bull to cover his sins, and then he'd bring the blood of a lamb to cover the sins of the rest of those in the congregation. But that's not how it works today. The great Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who takes away the sins of the world, accomplished that through the sacrifice of himself and the shedding of his blood, human blood for human life. He fulfilled the law, life for life, his life for your life. When he died on that cross, it says in the book of Colossians, he canceled the certificate of debt against you by the blood sacrifice. For the scripture says that there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. Brethren, we need to recognize and understand that yes, we're called to give our lives fully in service to the king. But again, if we fall short, do not let the devil destroy you. Do not let the devil discourage you. For the sacrifice is greater than then all my sin, all your sin, it says in 1 John chapter 2, in verse 2, he is the propitiation for our sins, but not only ours, but for the whole world. For every sin of all time, he paid by dying on the cross, bearing those sins in his body. Now, brethren, take a look, if you would, at Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1, uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. See, the confession of our, our hope is that his blood sacrifice is more than sufficient. And in Hebrews chapter 3, his faithful righteousness is more than sufficient. Take a look. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and the high priest of our confession. We're confessing him as high priest. He was faithful, Jesus was faithful to him, his father, who appointed him, as Moses also was in all his house. For he, 
was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Jesus counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Why? By just so much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house, for every house is built by someone. Jesus built this house, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of things which were to be spoken later. Verse 6 is the key verse. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, God's house. Who is God's house? Who? We are God's house. He was faithful. And he lived a righteous life in his flesh so that he'd be the only human being that could cover not only your sins, but give you the full righteousness of God. Did you know that if you don't possess the righteousness of God, you will not enter into heaven? Remember the wedding clothes? Remember the wedding clothes? Remember Matthew chapter 22? And everybody was invited. And he says, but few are chosen. You know the ones who are chosen? The ones who are put on the wedding clothes. Those who did not have the wedding clothes were rejected. Who is the wedding clothes? It says we're clothed with Christ in the waters of immersion. The Holy Spirit manifests his character, his righteous, glorious character. Now, read verse 6 again. But Christ was faithful as a son over God's house, whose house we are. If we hold fast our confidence and our boasting, our confession of our hope firm until the end. You know my hope? My hope is the blood of Jesus Christ, that he cleansed me as he promised. And every time I've confessed, he's cleansed me as he's promised. Have you memorized 1 John and chapter uh, 1 and verse 9? Have you memorized that one yet? Man, I'm telling you what, that's one of the best verses in the Bible. Especially when you realize, oh man, I messed up again. Instead of running and hiding, like most humans do, right? You remember when you messed up and you, and you didn't want your dad to know? I got a smirk out of Heidi. Okay, I got a real big smile out of, out of Desi because of Heidi. See what's going on here. We know what we're talking about, don't we? You know? Man, it was run and hide, man. It was run and hide. And if that wasn't for you, well, you didn't have a dad like mine. It was run and hide. See, now, now it's really important for us to understand. If you know 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, you're not going to run and hide anymore because Jesus is our high priest. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The devil could potentially trip us up if we take our eyes off of Jesus, but if we do, we can get right back on track. Holy, blameless, righteous in his sight. And it's because of what Jesus did. Because of who he is. Brethren, you know when I start the elementary teachings? When I start the elementary teachings, some of you might have heard this before. In the last five years, I've made a statement. And you may have heard it. It goes something like this. You know this big booklet's got all these lessons in it? It's going to answer three questions. Only three little questions, but they're big, they're life-changing, they're eternal questions. The first one is, who is Jesus? He's my high priest. I'm not, remember, he is greater than I. He's my high priest. He's the one that covered my sins. 
covered them all. So it's who he is. But what has he done? He wasn't just the high priest taking somebody else's blood. He gave his own blood. And he lived his life perfectly so that he could give that perfect life to you when you received his Holy Spirit, that righteous Holy Spirit. Brethren, now let's move on to our hope is built on nothing less. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. Nothing less than the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the first one. So let's clarify that. Verse 19. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place, how? By my own amazing sacrifices? No, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now I want to jump right in to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 and 14. The blood of Jesus Christ. No blood of any human being could cleanse you of your sins. Because every sin, or every human has fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? Everyone has sinned. No one could give their life for you to pay for your sins. Only the perfect man could. And that's why Jesus knew coming into this thing, here's the plan. i got to live a holy and blameless life. I have to be righteous perfectly. And then I'll shed my blood to cleanse their sin. And then I'm going to give them that perfect life that I lived. Man. True New Testament Christianity is like nothing ever that has ever been heard or seen. The problem is, is you got all that nonsense garbage out of there. Christendom that misses it by a mile because they forget the blood of Jesus Christ. A church that does not believe in immersion to wash away sins is a bloodless church. A church that believes you don't need to have the Lord's Supper every Lord's Day, but only when it's convenient or it's a celebration is a bloodless church. And a church without the blood of Jesus Christ is a church that's not His. I know that sounds judgmental, but you go back and check it out. There's one hope. There's one body. There's one spirit. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There's one God and Father. There's one gospel. And I didn't write the book. I'm just telling you what the book says. So, brethren, I'm so glad about the one perfect life that Jesus lived and he sacrificed his blood for me. Look at uh, Hebrews chapter 9, beginning in verse 11. Got a little excited there. Sorry. Not really. I'm not sorry. I love it. It's great. Okay. But when Christ appeared as a high priest, there it is, of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered the holy place, which is a heaven, of course, once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. What does the word eternal mean? You're saved forever. You're saved forever. Going back to chapter 10 and uh, uh, verse, uh, where is it? If you hold fast. Oh, I guess I'll have to look at it again. Okay, but anyway, he goes back and says in verse 13, if, for if the blood of goats and bulls and ashes of a heifer sprinkle those who have been defiled, sanctify for the cleansing of flesh, which it cleansed the flesh, but not the spirit. God looks at the inward man. He doesn't look at the outward appearance of man. He looks at the inward man. How's your heart? See, that's the key. It's the spiritual. His 
blood, the blood of Jesus, cleanse the spiritual. He goes on and he says, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish, cleanse your conscience from dead works so that you can serve the living God? And oh, how I'd like to read the rest of this until verse 22, but we way don't have time. Okay? You'll have to do it on your own. In fact, if you want to read chapter 7 and chapter 8 and chapter 9 and chapter 10, woo, it's all about the high priest of Jesus Christ. Remember, who is Jesus? He's my high priest. You're saying you're neglecting that he was king. Yeah, that comes when he's sitting on his judgment throne. We'll get to that later. I'm just hoping you're listening now and doing now so that you hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But he is king on a righteous throne of grace now, judgment then. Well, look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Wow, this one... You know, the, the last one was kind of difficult to, to understand, but not this one. This one is straightforward. Look at verse 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile, useless, gross way of life. I'm sorry, I added a few things there. Futile means useless, of no value. From your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished, spotless, righteous, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world. Do you remember the plan of salvation was made before the foundation of the world? Remember who made the plan of salvation? The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And God the Father said, you know, I require blood for forgiveness of sins. Okay, Dad, I'll give mine. But in order for your blood to count, you must live a holy and blameless life. Okay, Dad, I'm, I'm in. That's exactly how it went down. Kind of. I mean, that's exactly what was said, kind of. I mean, it was, that stuff was said, but not maybe in that way. Like God's going to say, you've got to stop being silly. I'm excited that if I strive faithfully, growing, that he's got that stuff in between covered. Does that make sense? Let's say, for example, when I first became a Christian, I was just a, a squirmy, wormy, still of a mess because my mind wasn't changed. But now I'm a lot less of that. I'm doing much better. Okay? I am. Hopefully some of you agree. I don't know. I hope so. But that's what happens when you grow. You mature. And so it's important for us to realize this is beautifully speaking about Jesus having planned it and he gave himself. Let's read on. From the foundation of the world, Jesus was known. But has appeared, Jesus has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. He came for you, who through him, you and I through him, are believers in God, who raised Christ from the dead and gave him glory so that, I heard that this morning, that means for this reason, so that your faith and hope are not in yourselves, but in God. You know, when you get discouraged, oh, I blew it again. I better run and hide. Who are you depending on? When you do that, who are you depending on? Your mind was, oh, no, I blew it. I blew it. I am not going to make it. I'm a screw-up. Don't do that. As a child of God, the devil tripped you up. Get up. And get back in the program 
by asking him to clean you up. Will he clean you up? He's faithful. He will. Now here's the awesome thing. Where does this righteousness of God come from? One of my favorite passages of scriptures is Romans chapter 1, verses 15, 16, and 17. I'm here to preach the gospel to you who are in Pleasant Hill and Eugene and Springfield and maybe Rome someday. I don't know. I'm here to preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Here's the righteousness of God. Come and get it. That's exactly what it's all about. Because you know what it says in the scriptures? That we are invited through the gospel that we might obtain the glory of the magnificent, holy character of Jesus Christ through the gospel, through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection. We are given the glory of God through this, the Holy Spirit that we might live righteously for him. But only by faith, because that's the only way that Jesus lived a holy and righteous life, by faith. Now, let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 once again. Hebrews 10 and verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope that Jesus is our high priest without wavering for he who promised is faithful. He promised he would cleanse every sin and he did on the cross. He promised he'd be there any moment of any day of any month of any year. If you have a problem, you reach out to him and it's taken care of. When someone comes to that understanding, they don't run anymore. They immediately asked, I, I messed up again, would you forgive me? Absolutely. Now, you need to remember, repentance. Transform that mind. Let me give you a few verses, he would say. And then you start looking because you want to repent. You look and he helps you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you become more and more like Jesus. But now, let's take a look at Romans in chapter 3, where it talks about the righteousness of God. The righteousness of Christ. Now, I'm going to read a little bit differently. I hope you have your Bibles open to, to Romans chapter 3. We're going to begin in verse 21. But you remember, how many of you remember I used to talk about the faith of Christ? I don't talk about it much anymore, but I talk about it all the time. But, but here we're going to actually read it. So listen very carefully. As you read along, know that if you go back and look in the Greek, this is what it should have been translated as. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. In other words, they made testimony about it. Verse 22, even the righteousness of God through the faith of Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there's no distinction for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was demonstrated, his righteousness, because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time in us so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has the faith of Jesus. You know how Jesus lived righteously? He lived by faith. 
You listened to every word of God and did what it said. You know what? Jesus had to do it the same way you and I have to do it. And he wasn't given any special privileges. You say, well, he was the son of God and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, you're a son or daughter of God and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, 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 but, but God talked in his ear. Oh, guess what? We have the perfect, the complete God talking in your ear book. Are you listening? See, that's the key. We have both of the power tools that Jesus Christ had to live a righteous life. He had the Holy Spirit in fullness. You and I have the Holy Spirit in fullness. He had the Old Testament, which perfectly, clearly outlined his life, what he was to do, what he was to say. Have you ever noticed? When you're reading through the book of Psalms, that's not talking about David. That's talking about Jesus. Have you ever had that epiphany? I mean, how many times you do that when you read Psalms? It's like, that's not about David. That's about Jesus. That's not about, that's not about some knucklehead. That's Judas. That's about, that's about Peter. It's in the Psalms. It's all in the Psalms. How powerful to walk by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But look at Philippians 3. Here's where I want to go. I'm working on this one. Get your mind wrapped around this one. Philippians 3. And uh, beginning in, in uh, chapter 3, verse 7. Philippians chapter 3. Colossians won't work. Philippians will. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, my Master, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish. Literally, uh, I think in the one translation it says dung, camel poop. I know you're not supposed to say that from the pulpit, but that's in the scriptures. You go look it up. Okay? And so, uh, and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him. Are you ready? Not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law. Do not have, do not taste, do not touch. That's me. No, that's not the Christian. Not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. There it is. Did you know your hope, what your hope is? Your hope is that you're going to stand before King Jesus, body, soul, and spirit complete. And you'll hear the great king of glory as he asks you up as one of his sheep. Come ye, blessed of my father, Inherit the kingdom, prepare for you from the foundation of the world. See, he knew you, the beautiful church, his beautiful bride, you and I, before the foundation of the world. He knew you. And Jesus Christ had made the plan. He was coming for you, man. And that's what the scripture teaches. Before the foundation, he says, from the foundation of the world, honey, I've been waiting for you to come home. And here you are. 
He said, he didn't say that. He will. He will. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, the Bible says, and please don't think less of me or the scripture, because I'm a servant of Christ, as both man and woman here are servants of Christ. We're Christ's helpmate. What do helpmates do? They serve their husband to achieve the goals of the family. The administration of the mystery. The word administration means house rules, house plan, house identity. We're the bride of Christ. We want to serve him in righteousness. We want to serve him like it's speaking of here, laying it all down. Brethren, how important that is. My confession is that Jesus is my prophet and I listen to him. And especially now, because of the craziness of the world. And you know, I'm listening to him a lot closer. Remember I told you a couple years ago, this thing has no longer become academic? Oh my goodness, if it's academic, oh, I'm memorizing because I know more scripture than everybody else. That's not where you need to be. I'm reading every day, so I, I can say I read more than you. That's not where it's at. You know where it's at? Read two Bible verses, figure them out, what they look like in your life, go live them, and you will have accomplished great things. Because if you do that 365 the rest of your life, you know who you're going to start looking like and sounding like? Who? Well, Jesus. Because he's in you. And because this is the standard of righteousness fulfilled and manifest. Brethren, I'm excited about this year. When the year, we, the year of God's presence, guess what happened? Satan brought that stupid COVID thing and government said we couldn't spend time together. Take off the masks, sing out loud, sit with your honey or whoever you want. Let's do it because we're supposed to be eyeball to eyeball, face to face. Last year was a crazy year, man. Crazy year. Did you know last year, I remember a sermon that Eric, Eric spoke. He spoke it several times. He talked about, and he just reminded me of it, just, I think it was last week, we live in a culture of death. And I'm thinking, well, first of all, I don't know if you saw my one. Huh? We're living in a culture of life, but I, I realize that we are in this world, but not of this world, right? But it is a culture of death. It's crazy out there. And a lot of people have been freaked out. The news, oh no, now what are they going to do? If it's not this, it's going to be that. And if it's not that, it's going to be this. And if it's none of those, it's going to be something I haven't heard yet. I'm looking for it. I want to find out what it's going to be. That's craziness. It's craziness. You know what? Your place in heaven is secure. doesn't matter what they do. Your place in heaven is secure. And your brother and sister, you're the light of the world. A light so that other people will be drawn. You're a light of the world. Satan wants to destroy that. Do not let Satan deceive, discourage, distract. Know that you and I are the light of the world. And through a great understanding of hope, and we're going to get to the one of the units, I call them units because I'm a teacher, one of those series of lessons where it talks about hope brings great joy and enthusiasm. 
Now, does that mean you're always excited when I'm standing in front of my computer in, early in the morning typing out my lesson? I'm not going, yeah, I'm not. But I'm doing it because I know that it's important. And then when I spend time with you, how would you like me to go, okay, we're going about hope this morning. I just want to know. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was thinking of something else, obviously. We're reading my feed this morning and Facebook was terrible. Hebrews chapter, let's turn to Hebrews chapter. I mean, how are you going, yeah, I'm feeling hope-filled. <laughs> when you are with people, make sure they see someone who has purpose and meaning. You do have purpose and meaning. I know that you do. You couldn't do what you did this morning, Eric, if you weren't filled with purpose and meaning and value and understanding. You couldn't have done that either. Melissa wouldn't have brought that clipboard saying, oh, we need more. We wouldn't, we wouldn't do any of that. It's because we're driven. Driven. Brethren, let's get hope dialed in this year because Satan wants to fill your mind with the craziness of the world so that you'll feel hopeless and immobile. This is the best time to move. This is the best time to understand these things, to draw people out of the darkness and into the light. Amen? All right, let's close the word of prayer. Thank you, Father God in heaven, so much for the blessing of your word. And Father, we've only begun to scratch the surface. There's so much amazing information about hope and the power of hope to drive us on uh, relentlessly with great perseverance. And how thankful we are for that, Father. And I would ask in your son's name, Jesus, that you would help me to lay it out so that we can see it and we can embrace it. And we can live it. And we can change the world. For your son, Jesus Christ, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've taken a lot more time than I normally do. I made you sing uh, you know, the, this song. So I'm not going to make you stand up and sing. Get all excited. You just need to go do it. Okay? All right. We'll see you up at family camp. Or at our house for dinner tonight. <laughs>